Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com a a great conversation um you know we of course it's Neil Patel I mean we're going to talk about you know SEO and and how to get higher ranked on Google and everything else but it was fun we talked about you know our farms his ranch my farm you know and we just talked about kind of entrepreneurism and the journey and just some of the things that that He's done, you know, in his short time working in businesses. And there was a couple of things I was surprised to find that he wasn't the CEO of his company. Um, he really likes being more the tinker. So really, really fun episode, guys. Dive in and, and have a lot of fun. And, you know, do me a favor. I couldn't do these shows without Stacey McGovern and her company, Point Blank Safety. You know, they are doing just awesome things for police officers and their families. Um, but they're also doing great things to keep us safe on the freeways and such as as we're going about. I mean, you know what? You've been driving along. There's construction up on the freeway. There's usually a cop car sitting there, you know, to help you know, keep the workers safe so everybody gets home. Well, that's usually Stacy's company. So if you're ever in a spot where you need safety services to to help with your construction projects, your, you know, uh, whatever that you need safety for, um, reach out to Point Blank Safety Services, tell them Donnie sent you, and watch how awesome and the cool things that they do and can do uh, to protect you, your your employees, and us as we're driving along the roads. Enjoy this episode, guys. going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys. This is going to be a fun, killer episode. I'm bringing in Neil Patel, man. I know a lot of you guys who follow the show have been asking me to get him on here for quite a while, so it should be a lot of fun to have this conversation. So this is Donnie, and this is Donnie Success Champions. Neil, my friend, welcome to the show, brother. Please tell us your story. Who the heck are you? I'm Neil Patel. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've created a few marketing technology companies. Uh, I blog at neilpatel.com. I have one of the most popular marketing tools on the internet called Uber Suggest, which funny enough is free. Um, and that's pretty much a bit about me. You know, I was, yeah, no. I was 15 and a half or 16 and now I'm 33 years old. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. You, I mean, I actually have used a couple of your, your tools that are out there. I mean, but how did you get into all this? I mean, and did you yeah, just so wake up one day and say I was going to be this technology, you know, influencer or what? I don't even know if I'm an influencer, but the way I got started in all of this was I was 15 and a half and I was picking up trash and cleaning restrooms. Not the best job, but I did it. It paid money. I wanted a higher paying job. So I was searching the web on monster.com for higher paying jobs. I realized I wasn't qualified for any of them at 15. I just wanted to get to six figures. So I ended up creating my own job board because I'm like, if you can't find a job, what do you do? You create a job board. Probably not the right logic and reasoning, but that's what I thought as a 15 and a half, 16 year old. Created the job board, popped it up, paid someone to help me out, took all the money I saved from picking up trash and cleaning restrooms, 
And guess what? It didn't work. I created a shitty Me Too version, <laughs> and no one came to it. I was like, I thought you pop up a website and people just come. Right. You know this better than anyone else. No one just comes to your website. You got to do marketing. Exactly. And then at that point, I learned about marketing, paid a few marketing firms, got ripped off, lost my money, was frustrated, was broke at the time, learned it on my own, did a good job, still made no money, but I got traffic. And then I'm like, hey, why not help other people with marketing? I don't know how to create a job board, but I do know how to get traffic. <laughs> so you're the, tra- the traditional entrepreneur, not the, the one that you see hyped in all the media that, you know, you become an entrepreneur and hey, you're a millionaire tomorrow um, type thing that you see a lot around that, the internet. That wasn't me. I wish that was me. But <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. So that's what I love is most things are created out of necessity, right? I mean, we, we go on our journey. We, we buy into some sort of pipe dream, you know, that this is all we have to do and we'll, you know, sail off into the sunset type thing but in reality um you like most of us got your teeth kicked in you know figured it out what you did better than some is you just figured out how to turn that into a business and with the knowledge you had and some say would say you might have had a little success of doing that so far um but but you know, it's it's fun to watch how somebody's created things out of this. What were probably some of those big lessons as you were starting out, figuring all this out that, you know, maybe were a little bit tough to learn while others came pretty easy? Yeah, a few of them were, one, you need to focus. I kept trying to do too many things, you know, like even at 16, uh, when I was doing marketing for other companies, I was doing all right as a 16 year old, you know, I got myself to 20 grand a month really fast, which is good money. Even today it's good money. Right. And then I lost it all and I lost (laughs) even more. I lost another million on top of that. And what I ended up learning is you should focus. See, I was investing in back then what was considered cloud computing. Um, There was no AWS or anything like that, but I had the idea. I'm not saying I was the first, but I was one of the first to execute on it. And I did a shitty job. And I quickly learned that, hey, you should focus. If I just focus on continuing doing marketing, because even before I was investing that money, you know, I got that 20 grand to 50 to 50 to 100. And I was eventually making over a million dollars a year just doing marketing. And then I started expanding into other businesses. Like why? I should have just kept going in the vertical that I was in. And that was a big mistake that I made. You know, as I was generating all this income and growing the business, I quickly learned that just because you do one thing really well um, and, and you can even provide results, it doesn't mean that you're going to keep making money. So to give you an idea, during the recession in 2008, I lost a lot of customers because when you're doing SEO and marketing for people, they consider it the WTF line item. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what the heck is this? And I ended up losing quite a bit of income from that as well. Uh, you know, and another hard lesson that I ended up going through was as you're creating these businesses, no matter how smart you are, it's about people. And funny enough, I have a blog post coming about coming out on this, um, tomorrow. I don't know when this goes live and it's discussing, you know, if I had to start over, what would I do all over again? And it's funny in there. I talk about, I would spend nine years working for other people before I became an entrepreneur. See, I would work at a really large corporation, like a Microsoft, just to see how large companies work. I would work at a really small startup, but not a sexy one like that scaling fast, like an Uber and Airbnb. I'm talking about one that is struggling. 
because then it teaches you how to be creative and think outside the box and make things happen uh, and teaches you how to be scrappy. I would also work at a startup that is doing really well and is skyrocketing. That's raised over 10 million and just growing really fast. The reason being is it shows you what companies that are growing faster are like and how to keep up with it and how to deal with the mess that scaling fast causes and how to clean it up after. Right. And then I work at a company that was doing somewhere around 100 million, uh, but not at a billion, and see how they work. Because organizationally, they got to scale up, they got to improve themselves over time. It's not that easy. Well, what an interesting thing on that, Neil, is I spent 20 years as an employee before I launched and became what they call an entrepreneur, right? So I was in the sales game for 20 years. Here's the difference. And I love your idea of going to work for somebody else. But to do that, you've got to go in with the mindset that you're eventually going to start your own business. Correct. Right? Because I never went into that game. I always thought that I was going to do the you know, make a crap ton of money being a sales guy and retire until I realized how much more money the companies were making than I was. It just took me 20 years to get there. You know, you, you, got, you hit the nail on the head in which this process only works if you know you're going to start a business because the key by working at all these different company sizes is to learn specific skills from them, from hiring to recruiting to dealing with bullshit problems and internal politics. Because when, if you want to build a big business, and I learned this one the hard way, and this is why I tell people to work for others, is people is what grows a company. It's not just your idea. It's not the CEO. It really comes down to your team members. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You could be the next Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates. If you don't have an amazing team, you're not going to do well. And I didn't learn that lesson, I kid you not, until this year. <laughs> and probably actually last year, but close enough. And this lesson was really hard for me because it taught me that if you have the right people, you just grow super fast. Like this year, without getting into my revenue, we will 3X in growth. 3X. Oh, you know, make an extra 10 bucks a year. That's pretty good, bud. Well done. <laughs> and, and, and we're well into the millions. I'm not talking about two, three, or four, or five million. We're substantially more, right? We're an eight-figure plus business. But to 3X, right? And technically, we'll hit more than 3X. But to... 3x at our size being bootstrapped self-funded that's crazy growth right right well but i mean uh, go all the way back to the days of they always tout henry ford and his genius you know and it wasn't his only genius was hiring people that were 10 times smarter than he was in all the unique fields and categories and there was a uh and whether you love henry ford or hate him neither i love the, the idea behind it is is there was a whole interview done where they were trying to bash him in this interview. And he, they're like, you're not a very smart guy. Why are you the one making all these decisions? And he says, look, I hit this button and I immediately have the head of engineering on the phone. I hit this button. I have the head of sales on the phone. I hit this button, you know, and he has all these geniuses around him. And once he found that team of you know geniuses, he was able to do what he was good at, which was lead, while his geniuses were actually able to go to work and build his business and do all the things they do. You know, it's a brilliant business model. How did you realize that that's what you need to do for your business, that you couldn't just be cheap cook and bottle washer? Yeah, uh, you know, and I'm funny enough, I'm not even the CEO of many of my businesses. So I try to be the guy who just focuses on driving the traffic and the leads. But um, I had a roommate when I was living in Vegas, and his name is Mike. And Mike's just like, you know, you get all, at the time I was thinking I was getting like a few hundred thousand visits to my neilpatel.com site. 
and now I'm at, I think, three point something million visits a month. And Mike was just like, hey, you don't do anything with this traffic. Let me just figure out how to make some money with it. And Mike made more money faster than I could for my own traffic. <laughs> and Mike didn't go to college. Right. I'm not talking to him. I'm not saying going to college requires anything. He wasn't, he's not book smart. Mike's really creative. He is smart overall. He's just not the type that you sit down and he studies and learns and he does well on a test. Mike is a more smart, like he needs to solve a problem. He'll learn and figure it out really fast to solve that problem. But he's not like a, hey, let me study for a bar exam type of guy, right? Right, right, right. Uh, and he's always did better than me. And I was like, how is this possible? And Mike's just like, he's like, I don't do it. He's like, I just go find people who are really good at this one thing, who have done it in this space, and I work with them. And that's all he did. He just recruited a ton of people who are really good at a specific task and say, that's all you do. And if they didn't have a proven track record in the same exact space, you wouldn't deal with them. Wow. That's pretty smart. Uh, is Mike looking for another job by chance? He <laughs> feels like I'm protecting that dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, He's that, a partner now, right? So. Nice. So, so your lane really is driving the traffic. I mean, that's kind of your specialty and your niche to, to get traffic to sites. Um, was it just trial and error? You know, you screwing up a lot of things until you figured out what worked to drive traffic or was it, you know, did it kind of come naturally to you? I was pretty good at it at the early on. I was always a computer geek. Um, but when I look at traffic, I've been doing this for 17 years now. So over time, you get well, I hope it. you've learned something in that time frame, right? But more importantly, I had no choice. Think about it. 16 years old, growing up in Orange County, California, uh, in a city that has beautiful sunshine where you need an AC. My parents didn't have air conditioning in their house because uh, we grew up in the poor part of Orange County. And we weren't dirt broke, but my first job was cleaning restrooms and toilets and was doing whatever I can to live a better life. And I was just like, I had no choice but to figure it out. I didn't have tons of money or other people helping me. I just had no choice but to learn it. If I want to do well, you got to pay for it. You've got to do it on your own and you don't care, then that's fine. No, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so what's kind of the big vision with this all, this whole thing? Are you going to become the next internet mogul for lead generation? Um, I don't know what my next step is other than just keep driving traffic and I'll just keep driving traffic and growing the leads. I let Mike as a CEO figure the rest out. Seriously, <laughs> I just haven't figured it out. That's awesome. So what is something some of, you know, so we've got listeners in 78 countries, a lot of entrepreneurs are listening to the show and small business owners that are trying to figure out how to drive further traffic to their sites. What are some, some simple tips and tricks or easy things that they can implement now that would help them drive traffic to their businesses, you know, with what they're doing? Sure, I'll give you the simplest hack you can do out there. And this one works like a charm, okay? So one, if you're already getting traffic, you can type in the keywords that you already rank for. If you don't know what they are, look in your Google Analytics or Google Search Console and they'll tell you. And type in those keywords into a free tool called Ubersuggest, all right? And in Ubersuggest, it'll give you a laundry list of other related keywords that also get traffic. Take those keywords, shove them in your content. And don't just shove them in there, reword it, you know, 
jazz it up so that way it's also related to all those other keywords because what happens is if you rank for that one keyword it'll show you all the other keywords that'll be easy for you to rank for and how much extra traffic you can get the next thing i want you to do is take all your closest competitors if you don't know what they are search for them on google and the keywords you're trying to rank for look at the people who are doing paid ads type them in those urls into uber suggest it'll show you how much traffic they're getting from each country what are their top pages how many keywords are what keywords are driving visits to those top pages and who's even linking to them how many even social shares they have from facebook to pinterest you know you get the point and what you want to do is you take their best piece of content you create better versions of it publish it on your site reach out to the people who link to them ask them to link to you and then on top of that you know reach out to all the people that share their content and ask them to share yours oh that's badass and you built the whole site uber suggest right yeah i built it for free technically it cost me an arm and a leg but well I, i'm sure i'm sure so you're but somehow you're using that as a lead magnet into your business through its channel not yet not there's yet. no lead magnet on it. we don't collect emails you don't have to register for an account how are you doing it uh, fun and games just to game the system no 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 fun and games like can i beat my competition and screw over their business <laughs> so you did this all to just see if you could do it it more so disrupt the industry but yeah i thought it would be an entertaining experiment fucking love that that's brilliant um it's it's so funny um I, i'm not a techie guy right you know i pay other people to do a lot of that shit for me because you know my lane is being being the face of the company center of attention doing all the interviews going on stages and all that you've got a little bit of that in you as well because you've got a crap ton of videos and things out there where you're putting out content and everything else um, would you rather be behind the computer screen or in front of it? No, I don't care either way. As long as traffic goes up and to the right, I'm happy. I <laughs> care about the numbers. Right, right on, right on. So, you know. But to go back to that question, if you had to tell me, Neil, if you started over again, do you want to be the face of the company? I would say no. You want to be the back end? Yeah. And there's one reason it's harder to sell a face, it's easier to sell a corporate brand. Corporate that is 100% true. Because everybody judges, you know, from what they see, not what they, you know, the analytics in the background. Yeah, but even think about this. Who's one of the most popular people in the business arena that you can think of? Name a person. Uh, in the business arena, you're going to throw out right now, Gary Vee is carrying a lot of, no, yeah. Yeah, Simon Sinek, you know, guys like that. Yeah, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, yep. There's a ton of them. Now, Gary has created a company, so has Simon Sinek. I don't know if Simon Sinek actually has. No, he hasn't yet. Uh, uh, Tony Robbins definitely has. But if you look at them, they're doing an amazing job. Uh, Tony's always done really well. I don't know him. Gary, I don't know him well. Uh, he, he's done an amazing job as well, built a great company. But the moment a company is tied to a personal brand, it's not worth as much as if you're just a Coca-Cola, a Microsoft, a Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, when Steve Jobs passed away, it sucked, but Apple is still a bigger company than it was before Steve Jobs was in the driver's seat. I'm not saying he didn't have a huge impact, he didn't lay the roadmap, I'm not saying he didn't do anything like that. He did a ton even for the future of Apple to make sure that they're going at the right trajectory. But when a company is named after a person, it's not as valuable as when it's named after 
a random thing that you can end up selling. The multiples right. are higher because the moment that key person goes away, for example, if you know, I hope Gary Vee lives forever and technology changes and same with Tony Robbins or even me. But when we go away, what happens to that traffic? What happens to the user base that's following us? And I'm nowhere near as popular as them. But in general, I know my business will go down. Tony Robbins without Tony Robbins will not make the same amount of money. Period. Yeah. I don't care who's running it. That, well, you know, a prime example of that is a guy, I don't know if uh, you're younger than I am. I don't know how old you are, but. Uh, 33. 33. Okay. So I got you by about 10 years. Um, uh, there's a motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar and Zig had one of the largest brands in the world once upon a time. But now that Zig is no longer around, his business is, is still here, but it will never reach the peaks of what Ziglar corporation was when Zig was still around and alive and kicking. You know, it's that same thing is a name has no, no, no monetary value to it whatsoever. Sadly, right? So you got to build a company without the person. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's why you see companies like Google and I don't remember the numbers, but spent an astronomical amount of money on their name to figure it out, you know, what to actually name their company to get that brand right out the gate. And that's where you bring the branding people always come in and tout it's brand, 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 you know, and my argument is whatever you sell, that's what the most important thing, you know, it really is. And without that independent brand, it's just like, no one knows who the founder of Coca-Cola is, right? You know, or Pepsi or any of that, you know, did you know the, uh, where are you based right now? Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Did you know that Wells Fargo the founders of Wells Fargo also founded American Express. No, I didn't actually. Yeah, no, do you, and no one even cares who the founders are Wells Fargo. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just, right, 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 right. But those brands are kicking still today, and they're bigger than when they were founded by whoever founded them. That's funny. That's even American Express is, right? The founder's no longer around. What's well, funny is I go into Wells Fargo, and I see him pitching Visa credit cards. I'm like, man, if your founders were alive, <laughs> You know, like if they knew, they'd be pissed. They're probably rolling over in the guys and be like, you're pitching Visa? Right. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's, I mean, it's the same thing for any of the, probably the big brands, American Airlines, FedEx, you know, you know, all those big brands. I mean, the only thing I know about FedEx is the, the owner was a veteran. That's the best I can tell you. No that's cool. cool. Yeah. Um, and, but that's one of the reasons he created it. Um, same thing with Geico owner was a, was a veteran want to take care of the military. They forgot that somewhere along the way, but you know, yeah, and now Geico's all about the gecko. Yes. A hundred percent. Profitability. Berkshire Hathaway has grown Geico, you know, by arm and a leg. I don't even know how much bigger they've grown it, but they spend probably hundred plus million dollars a year just on ads. Well, you know, I remember one time I looked it up just to see how much they spent a year. And they're not even like in the top 20 of companies that spend on marketing. It blew me away. Really? Um, yeah. Um, because, but you also got to take into account, you know, the, the stadiums that people are buying, like AT&T is in the top. You know, they got the Dallas Cowboy stadiums and a couple other stadiums. But it was, it was really kind of impressive to see because you see Geico freaking everywhere. But they weren't even – when at the time I looked at it, which was the last couple of years, they weren't even in the top 20 you know, as far as most revenue dollars spent on, you know, marketing, um, which is insane to me because they're literally everywhere. 
Um, it's the only brand I've seen take so many different uh, marketing lines from the caveman to the gecko to, you know, whatever. They just have so many different uh, commercials under that brand that you can't help but not think about. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually Googling at the same time while we were talking, you know, which companies spend the most on advertising. And then I landed on my own website. <laughs> but <laughs> number 10 is Samsung at 2.4 billion. This is in 2017. How much? Uh, 2.4. One, Alphabet, same, over 2 billion a year. Never knew that. Um, Charter Communications, 2.4, 2, 4, 2.45. Verizon 2.6, General Motors 3.2, Amazon 3.30, AT&T 3.5, Procter & Gamble, this makes sense because they have so many brands, 4.39. Number one, Comcast, 5.75. Isn't that insane? <laughs> it is, but when you also think about it, I think we also recall Geico because they're much better at the ads than yes. most like AT&T has boring ads. No offense. Yep. Geico is like, ah, oh, cool, the gecko. Like, creative, you know? They're not all interesting, but a lot of them are. Right. My favorite one still is the cavemen. I love it when they walk by, like, the posters and stuff. They get all offended um, because, you know, it's so bad even a caveman can do it. But it's brilliant marketing. Yeah. Because they know that it's, it's in, in the words of Gary Vee, grabbing attention, right? And... But what do you think of this year's Super Bowl ad? Did you watch Super Bowl at all? Or yeah. Me, game or whatever the hell they're supposed to call it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I looked up also Geico as well. Geico spends a bit more than a billion a year on ads. Okay, right. Uh, so this year's Super Bowl, the game was a lot slow paced, uh, but the ads, good as usual. You know, they're creative. I still, funny enough, I still remember the older ones, like the Budweiser ones, the what's up? Yeah. Or you go so far with Budweiser you had the, the, the member of the frogs? What was it? Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think the commercials are as good as they used to be. Maybe because I was younger when I used to watch well, them. I think it's partially because of like YouTube and stuff, you know, and now you're able to consume things in other places. It's a lot harder to come up with something more creative. You, you know what's awesome? I was reading an article yesterday. I was watching the Oscars and the article was talking about how Netflix is screwing over Hollywood and they're crushing them. And I'm like, yeah, actually this makes sense. They're screwing up the box office. I love it. And they're talking about the movie industry has still grown, but the only reason they've grown, even though the population increased is because of international expansion and they're charging more per ticket. <laughs> and they still have grown by 10% is what the article stated. I don't know how accurate that is. But well, it's totally true. Netflix and YouTube are just, and Amazon, they're just crushing all of them. I watch Netflix, YouTube, and Amazon Prime more than, you know, I'm being like, what's on TV? Yeah. Well, I mean, and you throw in, you know, the radio is completely dying again. You know, yeah, podcasting. Podcasting. Sure. podcasting now. Yeah. I mean, last year alone, 200,000 podcasts were launched. Um, which put a whole industry over 600,000 podcasts in total, which is still small in comparison if you look at the other platforms. But nobody wants to sit through commercials. They don't want to sit through. I mean, you can literally do basically a Google search on any podcast platform and listen to whatever the hell you want to listen to, just like you would a YouTube video, you know. 
Um, it's, it's insane. I, and I love anything that knocks the big boys out. Yep. Right? You know, that's, that's just, and I don't know whether you call it disruption or anything else, but I love innovation that comes in because the, you get, I mean, like your phone bills and all those stuff until they started getting some of these other disruptors coming to the place, you're cranking out a ridiculous amount of money, you know, a month for a damn cell phone bill until, you know, somebody comes in and, you know, really you can almost operate without a cell phone, you know, nowadays through different technologies and everything else. So, um, uh, I don't know. I love <laughs> My daddy uses Apple watch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hello. Right. You know, and how old's your dad? I mean, he's got to be a couple of years he on you. So I think 67 now. Now, how insane is that? The 60 year old guy is wearing an Apple watch. Uh, he's actually older. He's 68. He's well, I mean, to put that in perspective, my parents are in that same age range, right? They, I remember growing up as a kid on a rotary phone, right? Way back, you know, and I'm 42. Right, growing up on a on a rotary phone, so they've gone the full gamut of when cell phones first hit the marketplace to now, you know, wearing you know, Apple watches and everything else. It's 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 wild. I mean, it's almost like they've gone from the Flintstones to the Jetsons. You know, <laughs> right? It's crazy. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I mean, you got a lot of cool things. You got a lot of cool things like Uber Suggest and it's Manny Chat. Is that the other one you have? No, that's Larry Kim's, uh, or his is Mobile Monkey. Many chat is someone else's. I use Mobile Monkey. Oh, you use Mobile Monkey. Okay. Okay. Um, what else do you guys produce with your company, you know, as far as lead generation? What other tools do you guys have? That's mainly it for lead generation. Uh, and although we still need to collect leads from it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're just having a fun time blogging and educating from YouTube to podcasting. Like, it's been a fun ride and i hope the next 30 40 years well it was crazy i was just thinking you know as we're talking about parents i'm like oh shit my dad's getting old He's <laughs> i'm like sure oh will you give me your dad's email address i'm gonna send him a copy of this so he can hear that you on a large podcast just said he's old as hell <laughs> yeah, I'm like i need some more time with him <laughs> you know uh a, a lot of people know this of all the show this is really really cool so i have a farm in texas and i'm so far out in the country i can't get internet access out there um for me to get internet access i've got to put a 40 foot tower with a satellite dish on top of that to capture line of sight so i actually do all my podcast on my dad's farm um you know in their cabin in, in, the, in a secondary room and what you're seeing, I got a green screen behind me, right? But um, uh, so every morning on Fridays, traditionally when I record these, I'll get up. Mom will make me breakfast in the morning. I'll record podcast all day. And then I finish out the day every Friday with a beer with my old man. You know, it's like the perfect that's, day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that, a lot of fun. You know, it's funny. Uh, my wife's family, we have a ranch in um, Missouri. And I always thought about moving there, but I'm like, the internet sucks. Like, <laughs> out there in the wilderness, and you can just, no one's around you. You know, it's peace and quiet, but I'm like, I need internet. <laughs> and I tell you, man, uh, my wife and I always joked that we, we live in a campsite. I mean, it's, it's, we have land and everything else, but we're so far out in the country, you don't hear cars. You, I mean, you'll hear an occasional plane fly over, but. I know the feeling. Dude, it's awesome. It's awesome. When I go to my wife's ranch, 
it takes me when I arrive on the ranch, it takes me 40 minutes just to get that house and you're on a dirt road. Like no one's around you. <laughs> That's so awesome. Those, those, those... God, no one's going to hear it. Right. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's so awesome. So, so how do people get in touch with you? How do they reach out? How do they find out more about you? Internet stock, you all that fun stuff. Neilpatel.com. N-E-I-L-P-A-T-E-L.com. And why would people want to follow and consume the information you're putting out? I teach you how to get more traffic, generate more revenue from your website, all for free. There is no paid plans. So then I got to ask, what the hell is your revenue model? We do have an ad agency and we have some other software companies that make money. Awesome. That's so awesome. Well, brother, here's how I like to wrap up every one of our shows. And I do stump some people on this. So, so get ready. All right. If you were going to leave the champions who listen to this show, 78 countries around the world, if you were going to leave them with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them along their journey, especially if they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would you say? Remember this. All right. So, you know, you're going on your journey. You want to succeed. You want to do better in life. I want you to remember one thing. Every good entrepreneur fails, but what separates the good ones from the great ones is the great ones learn from their mistakes and they avoid making the same ones over and over again. Huge. Now, just for a minute, think about that. If you as an entrepreneur make a mistake and you learn from it and you don't make it again, and you make another 100, two, 300 mistakes, and you don't make it over and over again, eventually that'll just leave you with the stuff you should be doing. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world. It's okay to make mistakes. You know, look at me. I'm not that smart. I did well because I learned from my mistakes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, man, I really appreciate this. You jumping in here and, and doing this with me, man, and hanging out. I'm sure, all the champions are going to enjoy the hell out of this one as well. But, but honored to have you on, my friend. Honored to get to know you. And uh, if you're a drinker, sometime when I'm in town, I'll look you up and go grab a nice glass of rum of some sort or or whatever you're into sounds good no, thanks, thanks absolutely Bye. hey thanks for tuning in today even though it was a fun conversation with neil i really really enjoyed it you know you really should come hang out with us you know i run two facebook groups that are engaging as hell and a lot of fun to to be a part of one's called donnie success champions and it's, it's just a bunch of badasses all going for it and, you know, climbing and leveling up in life. The other one's called So You Want to Podcast. In there, we talk all about, you know, how to get into podcasting, launch a show, and, you know, find some success, monetize it. Both of these are free groups. So come hang out with us and, you know, let's see if we can all rise together. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. 
So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success because that's what it means to be a success champion.